Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 254. I forgot how to do this bit. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Ricardes. Hello, listener. And to my right, a man whose name I will not pretend to uh, mispronounce, Brett Kreibler. <laughs> Good evening, viewers. Oh, Is that bit, how that goes? Yeah, I think so. I think that's how it goes. It's been a long time. I think uh, the last time we did a show like this, it was 2010. It was. Right. Yeah. It was a different time. It was such a different time. Yeah, it was so young and so innocent back then. I know. Then, we had it? long hair. We were having sex with things, heaps of people. Things were so different. You tell kids now about those carefree days. Yeah, apparently, if you can remember 2010, you were probably there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I heard, I heard someone say, if you can remember 2010, it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> It's uh, oh, aphorisms. Let's just do a show of aphorisms. Uh, yeah, hi. It's all about TV. If you've never listened before, and you probably should have, uh, there are 253 proper episodes plus some specials plus some other things you You'll can go back You'll never catch up to the plot by now. You will not be able was, to follow it at all. But I would you, have. I would have. I've, do I've done that with a, a number of my favourite podcasts. Yes. C- coming in episode 254, hit the ground Go back to the start. Gone. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Wow, listen to these guys. So, they, they had no, no idea at that point. They've become they, so polished. They had a shell and a cowbell, episode one, and now look at them. Some don't even have names when they Hey, hey, hey don't, don't knock that production value. That was excellent. <laughs> so if you're just tuning in for the first time, here's what you've missed so far. Mrs. Jessup has uh, arranged with her neighbour to ha- – no, what? Is that our show? It's not our show. That's not our show? Not our show. She was just watching the neighbour. Right, we – so we just do a show about TV then. Yeah. Right. Well, later on in this show, we're, uh, we're going to talk about what we're looking forward to in 2011 TV-wise. Uh, that should be a quick segment. Mm. And uh, we've got some news. We've got Toby Halligan oh, finally walk just in. walks yeah. straight oh, in. Flashing red light. Open. the flashing red light. Yeah, oh. Doesn't look for an entry. Just walks straight in. With his shells and his cowbell. Just going, oh, you want production value? We brought production value. Well, now I can tell you for a fact we will have Toby Halligan's trotters. Anything can happen in live podcasting. Anything anything can. (laughs) (laughs) He's brought in his famous lamb sheep. (laughs) The the famous Halligan lamb sheep has has come in as well. Uh, So, yeah, trotters, uh, some letters to box cutters. Well, one particular letter that Mm -hmm. deserves a a lengthy answer. Uh, We're going to review the new UK-US BBC Showtime co-production called... Are BBC's co-proing? Episodes. It's actually BBC Hattrick and Showtime. Mm Mm-hmm. Producing this show called Episodes, Hattrick which with the little uh, kind of Alice in Wonderland style yeah. rabbit animation at the end of it. If you uh, if you try googling Episodes as yeah. a TV series, maybe because it's, it's co-production between three companies, I couldn't come up with a name that anyone would actually be able to remember. It's a terrible it's name. It's a terrible name. <laughs> it is a terrible name. Episode because then you can't find it anywhere. I tried to see if you know ABC or Showtime locally were, were going to uh, show it, and so all I could type in was. Uh, Air date, ABC TV episodes. The woman who wrote uh, the book group, which I was a big fan of, she uh, made a feature film afterwards. I think it's called Festival. And if you try googling Festival, it's set during the Edinburgh Festival, so that obviously is going to help you a lot more. Yes. Um, So if you put Festival Film Edinburgh Book, yeah, none of that, none of that's going to help. Yeah, see, people have to have the Scottish subtitle for it, like Festin, with one of those Dogma films. But then you'd find Festin, wouldn't you? 
Yeah, that's true. But, but the remember. Scots, not not the uh, oh, Scandinavian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I wouldn't like the Scottish version of Feston. <laughs> lots and of uh, Glasgow kisses all around. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and lots of di- Feston's a great film. Yeah, don't knock it. No, I'm not. Don't. I'm, I'm not at all. Don't. I'm not at all. Knock it. Don't. Much, uh, much more of a film than The Idiots. I also really liked The Idiots. I thought both of those were great films. It was a bit silly. Uh, no, I was... Uh, anyway. Well, the characters are a bit silly. You know what this show's not about? And it fake It's dogma. the Dogma Podcast. <laughs> it's not about Dogma films. It's not. Italian for beginners with the Dogma Podcast. <laughs> but Ooh. who would have thought... Oh, that, that I would listen to. But who would have thought uh, she'd be God? Alanis Morissette. Anyway, what's actually on the show then? Oh, uh, the is that it? episode review. Yeah, yeah. And, and letters to box cutters. Yeah. Toby Hogan's trotters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing. Uh, what else? Uh, <laughs> what we're looking forward to this year. So we're, we're done here, really. Uh, how do we? Uh, I've forgotten how we kick the kick <laughs> things off. <laughs> we usually we usually kick things off, Brett, with the box cutters really? news. That sounded less like tape and more like you had eaten a small puppy, Brett Cropley. See, normally I, I carry on after that uh, that rather sudden cutoff. Uh, this is news that uh, kind of interested us in the last couple of weeks, and it's all international news. Uh, we'll start off with Tunisia. Uh, in Tunisia, the uh, interim government, and they've been going through some uh, some governmental problems there, mostly revolving around Tatooine, but... <laughs> Well, basically, uh, they've had a dictator for some time who just decided to leave the country after his wife went down and uh, made a withdrawal of a ton and a half of gold uh, from the local bank. Uh, the the bank got on the phone to the to the despot and said, "Is this okay?" And he said, "Yeah, yeah, sure, give it to her." So they took off with a ton and a half of gold, leaving Tunisia with uh, not a despotism. Did she just walk out of the bank with it? Like just carrying they, it. They, they, I'll put it in my bag. She yeah, said. Yeah. Wait, she actually walked out with two giant bags with dollar signs on them. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and and walked out. So uh, so uh, Tatooine was left without a Sith Lord, and uh, and so an interim Sith uh, government had uh, had had been put in there. They have shut down a private TV channel because the TV channel was working as a voice for the people. Uh oh. And uh, and Tunisia or the interim Tunisian government did not like that one little bit. Who's so, making up the interim Tunisian government? Uh, I don't know. I are, they, gonna... are they tribal warlords? Or... I <laughs> what? I don't it's, know. It's common for this part of the world. <laughs> no, I mean, basically, that's that's the deal in Afghanistan. Who did run Tatooine? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, it was the Water Farmers. Okay. It was the Water Farmers Union, <laughs> who also had a, a, a great run of flavoured waters that was very popular in Adelaide. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Toby Halligan's trotters, is, uh, he's forgotten. He's forgotten. <laughs> Plus, 
he got here late, so he doesn't have my computer to, to look stuff up on. He's just looking stuff up on his iPhone. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you get for coming late, Halligan. Uh, so, so the interim government's shut down. Yeah, and this, this r- reminds me a lot of uh, the sort of stuff that Hugo Chavez has been doing in Venezuela over the past uh, several, several years, uh, which we've mentioned a number of times. Yes. Uh, and because remember what and, happened and with, with uh, Radio Caracas TV uh, was shut down, then came back, and then was shut down again. Uh, and yep. that, that I think was, we saw a similar thing in Zimbabwe. Egypt have just shut down the internet, the whole internet, the whole I've, internet. Yeah. But well, how is Toby Halligan looking stuff up now? Well, there's zero access in in Egypt. How am I, um, I like, going like to watch kittens Vodafone. on YouTube? How will I watch kittens on YouTube? Hang on. Part Hang of on. Vodafone's uh, agreement to be able to operate there was that the government are allowed to shut down their, their internet uh, connectivity at any time. So it so you can't even use Brett's special fancy to no. get... No, no, no. They, they have to uh, duck out over the border, I think. Right. I think maybe they've set up microwave links uh, near the border it's into a, Jordan. It's pretty... Uh, it's Pretty full on. You're, pre- you're pretty. You're pretty hard up for freedom when you're trying to piggyback on Eritrea. Mm-hmm. I'm just. I'm just using names of things that may or may not be in Africa now, <laughs> just to mess with Toby Halligan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, Venezuela, uh, yeah, Hugo Chavez. You know, Hugo Chavez has been angry about a, a television series that has been coming out of neighbouring Colombia mm. recently. Uh, I'm looking for my notes on that. I don't have them. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, so there's a Colombian soap opera that has uh, that has angered Venezuelan government and Hugo Chavez in particular uh, by having a couple of sisters whose names are Venezuela and Colombia, mm-hmm. and they have a little dog named Little Hugo. Hugo. And there's one episode in which uh, Venezuela loses little Hugo and Colombia tells her that she's better off without him. <laughs> now, it's, it's not the deepest of subtext, is no, it? <laughs> no, no. It's, it's, I would say, ABC-level cutting satire, though. <laughs> That's, uh, you know, it's, it's, not that, it's not that different to the stuff that uh, they used to do in, in the UK with spitting image. It's, uh, you know, that was never really highbrow. But this is on a soap opera. Uh, and, uh, again, we get back to that thing that uh, Toby was, uh, was starting with at, at the end of last year, looking at uh, governments getting involved in television programming and television programs making political comments. And uh, I think it's, it's quite interesting that a Colombian soap opera that doesn't legally air in Venezuela, but I'm guessing a lot of people get it in Venezuela through their satellite hookups because their leader keeps shutting down their TV mm. networks. Which is just... That's just what's going to happen. They're just going to get it other ways. Yeah. Egypt is still going to... They're still going to work out ways to get information to them. I don't know how they're going to get new episodes of Sherlock in Egypt. That's going to be harder. But someone's going to... Mail them a VHS? And that's the true tragedy, really. <laughs> of, of this whole Egypt thing? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's not what I was getting at. But if we just take that tiny bit as a soundbite, it makes you sound really insensitive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so but on the video podcast, you'll see my, me shaking my head. 
<laughs> so that's uh, that's what's happening in Tunisia and Venezuela. That's how, uh, or, or Colombia. That's how Hugo governments is, is is offended. That's how governments are getting involved in. Uh, in television in those countries. And then Has we he cross- done anything with it? Or is he just whinging no, about it? No, he's just whinging about it, just going, hey, Colombia, ease up. Come on. What? Haters be hating. Yeah. yeah. Hate the player, not the game. Oh, hang on, that's me. I think Hugo Chavez should sound like Alf from Home and Away. Oh, really? I reckon Alf from Alf. <laughs> <laughs> and eating cats in the same way. It, it's, it's so in-depth political coverage at, at box cutters, isn't it? I think I think really, Tunisia and Egypt. You don't need to know anything more. No, that we've covered. That's it. That's it. Don't bother doing any research at all because we haven't. But you, so you take you take the involvement of of governments and things shown on television in, in those countries, and then you look to the to the United States, which uh, basically allows heaps and heaps of freedoms. As long as you don't talk about sex or poo. As, if you don't talk about sex or poo, you're fine. Which is largely why people in America are upset about the new MTV series Skins. Mm. Now, this is a remake of uh, the UK series Skins yep. uh, that involves young people having sex, taking drugs, going to parties. Being young people. Pretty much being young people, stealing cars, and, and just, you know, doing things that when we reach our 30s, we later regret. And just go, oh, I wish I hadn't done that thing that endangered the lives of my friends that time. But that's what Skins is about, right? It's about being a young person and not caring about the consequences, which is great. It was a really good UK series. I've seen the first episode of the MTV series. I kind of zipped through it. Did you see the, the offending scene? That uh, there was this article in the in the New York Times. This is where we're coming from, um, talking about. Well, you wouldn't expect to go to work and talk about. Have we just made uh, kitty porn? The the offending scene that they talk about in the New York Times article is a scene where uh, a young person runs down the street naked with uh, an erection, mm. and that's in episode three. So that hasn't aired yet in the US. Oh, it was so making it out like it was in the first ep, and it went to where nobody noticed. No, it was. It, it's in. It's in ep three, uh, and they seem to have just taken the storylines of the UK version and yeah, made made an American version the, of it. The car ends up in the water at the end of the first episode. It's pretty true. It's pretty true to the to the original. Uh, the acting's pretty true to the original. The way it's shot is pretty true to the the original. The pretty boy's not pretty enough. Uh, that's your opinion, Brett. That's your opinion. I'm Do you not like gonna, him? I'm not going to fight you on that. I, I don't know. I don't know. Young boys. Well, you know, Pretty Boy in the English one was uh, the kid from About a Boy. Yeah. That film with the... Uh, and kid. this is not the kid from About a Boy. No. That's no. all I've really it is noticed. far from pretty enough to be able to pull that off. Because, <laughs> you know, in, in the English one, he was so pretty and, you know, all the girls fawned over him. But the, the American one just isn't really a great looking kid. And there's no reason why... He should be able to get away with the shit that he pulls as the US one. If you've just tuned into Box Cutters, you're listening to the segment, Brett misses the point. <laughs> uh, I just want to say that it might sound like a sweeping generalisation, but I don't think anyone in England under the age of 25 is attractive. Oh, no, no, I'm right with you there. Yeah, yeah I just I, I throw think... that in. The idea of the attractive one in skins is like, what? It's like the attractive one in misfits. It's like, oh, yeah, hot. <laughs> get it on. <laughs> <laughs> They're hideous. <laughs> They're all hideous. Uh, no, They're you know, all hideous. You know who's you know who's not? Who? Uh t- two people. Two people. Helen Baxendale 
and Helen Mirren. So two Helens. Yeah, but Helen Mirren's a bit over 25. Oh, so, so you're saying just, just, just under young 20, people in England. Just young, because I, yeah. think, I think most people in the UK... <laughs> And hello to all our UK listeners. <laughs> and goodbye. Uh, and goodbye. <laughs> hey, um, I, I went out with several of them. I, I'm not, I'm not uh, obviously on... Picky. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not in agreement with what you're saying. <laughs> this is where the Fox audience goes... Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I just... Uh, what I was saying initially was that uh, it's pretty racy. That's getting back to that point. Yep. So the MTV version is is just as racy as the UK version, except that uh, there is a swear word that is bleeped out. So said but bleeped out in the MTV version. Otherwise, pretty accurate. Drugs, sex, parties, stolen cars, overdosing. Great. Uh, and advertisers are pulling out of that show like it is on fire. Surely they knew that's what it was about though, uh, to begin with, didn't they? Depends on how it was sold. Like, oh, we've got a great new drama for a kids series. And the thing is, the more hype that it gets, the more uh, the more angry people are going to watch there it. Will be. Well, there will be angry parents, but the more people will watch it, the more money MTV is going to make in the long run because they'll be able to say, "Well, we have this huge demographic," and maybe it's just that they don't want to buy your brand of raisin bran because mm-hmm. they don't need it, but. Uh, you know, all those heroin advertisers are going to love it. Or the legal equivalent, right? So, you know, colas and, and the like, I'm sure, are going to, to really appreciate what MTV are doing with skins. And this brings up uh, something that I, I heard recently on a US uh, radio program called The Business, which is psychographic media buying, where rather than taking the age groups of people watching TV. They actually take their tastes and their thought processes and their personality types into account. So you might have people ranging from 7 to 70, but they all like adventure. And they're the sorts of people who are going to like this show. Uh, So this as well. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Skins is going to apply to people who either feel young, like to remember how they felt, as young people or young people who want to see how they should be living their lives. And uh, and so they are going to find advertisers to go with that. I think if MTV sticks with it, it will eventuate to, to be a, a very successful show. It, it looks pretty good to me. I think kind of a, a parallel uh, between <clears throat> that and uh, the controversy that it's uh, currently generating in the US where, you know, obviously the, the – the audience generally is a bit more staid. Parents are a bit more, you know, prone to, to um, going over the top with their, their complaints. Um, and uh, Puberty Blues, when that came out here and, yeah. and how, how pushing the envelope that was. And then now to look at it these days, it's, it's quite tame compared to where we've come to. I think that uh, if you look back at Skins... In a few years' time, people will kind of wonder what all the, the fuss was about. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. You're probably right. Unfortunately, advertisers don't have that time machine. In fact, advertisers like to think it's still 1950s. Well, it's like a uh, cable TV, which uh, MTV is on, has uh, subscribers and it doesn't need advertising. Well, that's the other thing is it doesn't uh, – uh, well, MTV is basic cable, which has always had advertising. Uh, but because it's on cable, it doesn't have to – 
uh, it doesn't have to stand Stay to within the, the FCC, FCC regulations. Yep. Uh, so they can do a lot more with it. Uh, and I think that's what people are finally dis- discovering, that MTV is probably going to turn into more like an FX for a younger generation. They've got to fill all that space they used to play music in. Hmm. And that... Oh, hang on. Brett, did you want to quickly talk about your angry thing? Uh, I was going to do it later on. Okay, my angry, and that... My angry thing about the new thing. Yeah, and that <laughs> is the box cutters news. Hi, this, this is Jane. I'm Andy Anderson. The fabulous Adam Jess McGuire. Television, Scott Brennan. With the lovely men. They're very exciting. Funny, gorgeous. I love them. Soylent Green is Box Cutters. Box Cutters. Box Cutters. And it's pinnacle. Download the hell out of it. Oh, maybe that's not mine. We blew our editing budget on that uh, <laughs> ID that year. That was, uh, yeah, all gone. All gone. Uh, it's what, a new year now, though. It, so we'll, yeah, so we're, we're fine. Uh Last week, I was on uh, Queensland Rural Radio. So there you go. Just bigging yourself up. I know. Yeah, uh, Rural Roundup. Yeah, I was doing uh, Rural TV Roundup. Why do they call uh, it regional? Oh, maybe they do call it regional. I don't know. It's oh, Isn't it ABC Local? It's ABC Local Queensland, not including Brisbane and the Gold Coast. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of, it's a Venn diagram of Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes it does include that. Sometimes not, they put them all together. Yeah, sometimes like, they... But not this show that I'm... Anyway, it's confusing. I can't tell you what band it's so, on. So these are the people whose houses are underwater, but you're telling them what shows they might want to watch. Yeah, except for the people up north. Okay. Whose houses are not underwater, but might be in danger of a cyclone. Right. Uh, and I'm telling them how great TV <laughs> is. Hey, watch TV. Once you've got Power Pack, you'll love this. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so last week I was talking about uh, how one of the shows that I'm really looking forward to is Conviction Kitchen which has been a hard sell for me to, to, to explain to you guys because you're all like, <laughs> what, a reality show about criminals and cooking. Uh, and cooking. And I'm like, yes, exactly, a reality show about criminals <laughs> and cooking. Is, the, because is I, the concept that far away from uh, 15, Jamie Oliver's restaurants? Uh, it's, look, probably not, except that it's older people. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, and, and people who have done time. There was a show that I used to love on Animal Planet called Cell Dogs, which was about prisoners who would uh, be given a, a homeless puppy. And then cook it. <laughs> and then cook it and serve it to a family, an unsuspecting family. It was like Beatles about, but with criminals. No, that wasn't it at all. So they would, they would take, they would take a, a homeless puppy. Often it was a, an abused puppy uh, that it was very difficult to train. They couldn't just give it straight to a family. So they would give it to these these prisoners and part of their rehabilitation program was living with the dog, training the dog and getting the dog to a point where it could be adopted by a family. Absolutely beautiful show. I loved it. It's kind of weepy stuff every week because it's, it's second chance stories. And I love a second chance story because it's like, yes, humanity can be good. Uh, so I thought Conviction Kitchen, fantastic. Bring it on. Bunch of ex, ex-cons working in a kitchen together whole lot of knives. What could go wrong? And uh, so I was really excited about it. And it was supposed to start on January the 31st, which is tonight that we're taping. Uh, And then last Monday, about two hours after I said that thing on Queensland Radio, uh, Channel 7 pulled it. Forever or just temporarily? Just temporarily, just until they can work out what the hell they're doing with their schedule, which you think they would have worked out during the last eight weeks when they weren't showing anything except for tennis. 
So, or, or even while they were shooting Conviction Kitchen back four months ago. Yeah, sure. When they were, when they were shooting it, when they were Mike editing it. Rules was coming back. Well, the thing is, Conviction Kitchen was supposed to start late later this year, and then they thought, well, it's actually a really good show, so let's lead with it. And then they went, oh, hang on, are we leading with that? And so then they pushed it back again. They don't know what they're doing. I was really looking forward to that. Now I'm worried that uh, that Channel 7 are just going to wreck it somehow. But they, they always commit to their shows, though, don't they? Remember? Oh, they do. Remember when we had... Yeah, yeah, that yeah, footy, that footy, that footy thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> that we, we, It'll yeah. definitely go the whole season. Definitely so, the whole season. So the whole season. Definitely the whole season. Definitely. definitely. Channel 7 are... You know what? I think someone has taken the fire because you know how Channel Nine they closed their they closed down their studios, their corridors are gone, and I think with you that think the hair fire the hair fire has machines, but right. I think it's jumped. Uh-huh. I think it's jumped over to Docklands and uh, and Channel Seven now, hair on fire. But they've been a bit like that for a while. Maybe it's a number one thing. <laughs> Maybe bless you, ghost of Triple R. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, maybe, maybe it's a number one thing. So that's something that I, that's that's local stuff that I was really looking forward to. Uh, also, Marie Cardi's new show, Laid, which might be great, but I just have a feeling it's going to be a bit hammy. There's, there's some clips coming out from that now, though, and I actually think it looks it looks a lot more interesting than I would have expected because I had on my list to Laid, which was previously called Like a Virgin, which is a much much better title. Again, Laid, terrible title. Terrible title for a show. Probably yeah. had uh, some Madonna. Uh, well, I, I, I heard rumour that it was actually some weird Richard Branson difficulty, which seems even harder oh. to believe. But that that was that was the the word um, when I asked someone about it. But yeah, it was just kind of. Uh, but the the clips of it look interesting because it looks like it's deliberately done in a style. Like they've actually chosen an acting style that is slightly that is not hammy. Like well, that, that's usually the style that I would right. say it's a heightened style from the clips I've seen. But yeah, whether or not it's hammy will be the interesting question because there was another ad for a it's a new Channel Seven thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, winners and losers. Yeah, and I, I, I'm thinking it's more the second one of those than the first. But it's just the clips look oh, awful. Oh, look they've so got, terrible. Hey, you know what they've done with the fat girl? They've given her a crazy hairdo and put funny glasses on her. And then with that, you know, and everyone's acting like this. Oh my god, Cheryl! Yeah, so laid looks like a lot more laid back, kind of a deliberately more kind of interesting. Well, I, Approach I, to choose a style. I hope so because it looks like with winners and losers, which has been created by the same people who created Pack to the Rafters, Australia's most popular weekly drama. I know it's bewildering. Uh, have taken all the worst and most hammy parts of Pack to the Rafters and shoved them all into the one show uh, called Winners and Losers. I'm not looking forward to that. I'm also not looking forward to Underbelly Tales of the Black Crypt or. Winners and losers. Yeah, it's about some people who live in houses. Pretty much, it's about the the pretense that it will dispense with. It's a less high shortly. concept version it's of Pack the Rafters. <laughs> no, it's the, the pretense that will be dispensed with shortly. A la Chances, which was originally about a family winning a lottery, uh, is then it about vampires reading the news or something. Running yeah. a casino, running they a, ran casino. a casino, a Nazi yeah. casino. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Winners and Losers is about a group of friends from high school who were all losers in high school, go to the reunion, come together and discover they're actually winners. The rest writes itself, clearly. So it's all in flashback from that reunion or goes forward? Uh, No, it goes forward. Okay. It, it goes forward. I just want to throw this in here because it's a fun story. I talked to a gentleman who directed some Pack to the Rafters and he was telling me how... um, it was the worst gig he'd ever done because he could never find any reason to move the camera. 
Like you're saying, basically, people sit at a table and just tell each other how they're feeling for an hour. He was saying there is no excuse to ever move the camera. You feel like you should just plonk it down and leave. Sometimes Jim's playing guitar out in the garage. How do you even know the names of the characters? I don't. I made that up. Right. <laughs> His, uh, yeah, most, most popular drama on Australian television. Hands up in this room. Who watches it? I did watch it, and then they screwed it for me. How did they screw it? Because I only watched the first two episodes um, and went, this has nothing of interest for me at all. sister became an insane hippie, and that really offended me that... Uh, well, I mean, basically, that, that basically the she was, years, it she was stop you. kind of um, uh, lovey, touchy-feely, everybody be a vegetarian. If you're not a vegetarian, then screw you, I'm not going to cook for you. And that threw you, you off the show. Don't, you don't deserve to yeah, eat. Because you're horrible, um, yeah. That did. Didn't, that did. They, they started. That I think they started well. turning the uh, the characters into caricatures. I thought that's how they started. Never watched uh, Better Roses that much. No, I thought it was uh, fairly fairly good to start off with. Um, what uh, else? The what, buddy, the buddy what, next what else, door, and what else are you looking the, forward to? The older woman's uh, relationship there was uh, uh, painful. What else are you looking forward to, Brett? Um, I. Uh, the end of that sentence, because I'm really looking forward to it. Sorry, that was rude. That was rude, John. Can I throw in what I'm looking forward sure, to? Sure, mm-hmm. while Brett's thinking. Why well, I'm talking about gritty realism. Um, Outland? A- Is it Outland? No, no, uh, that, that's, just a, that's just a sort of pit of terror, really, for me, constantly. <laughs> um, no, uh, I'm actually looking forward to it. It's a New Zealand drama called The Almighty Johnsons, which is coming up this year. And it's set in did modern... Did they do that intentionally? Yeah, yep. I think they did. It's set in modern-day New Zealand. It's about four brothers who happen to also be Norse gods, and they spend oh. a lot of time nude. <laughs> it's one of those nude Norse god soaps. Why would so that, they've, they've why would that interest you at all? I just John. love Kiwi television. I love the insanity of it and the fact that they, they, they really approach genre TV quite, you know, for adults that in is, a way that we, we just always terrify. That is a hilarious concept. They had some... Uh, it's, it, some it's a lot more... It's a lot more watchable than Winners and Losers. Well, exactly. That's the thing. Yeah, we make Winners and Losers. They go, the almighty Johnsons, Norse gods sharing a flat. <laughs> they had some uh, some spare Islander actors around uh, after Spartacus that they wanted yeah, to they put in Yeah, they did throw somewhere. in somewhere. All white dudes, actually, I think, from the, from the clip I've, I've oh, really? seen so far. But, uh, really? White dudes playing Norse gods? Pakeha. Not uh, Pakeha. Oh, I've mispronounced. I, I do apologize, New Zealand's. Pakeha. No. White dudes. Toby's not even bothering looking that up. No. But... Um, but yeah, I, I, the clips for that, and it's made by the same people who make Outrageous Fortune. So it's that, oh, cool. that kind of style. And I just, I really love, yeah, the Kiwi approach to TV is just fascinating. The uh, the American version of Outrageous Fortune was not worth watching. Did they make one? Yeah. Mm. Not worth watching. Brett, have you worked out yet what you're looking forward to this year? No, there's nothing right. that, I'm, that I saw on the list that uh, that's really exciting me, frankly. Nothing at all. No, nothing over the top. But, I mean, I, I should say that I do avoid, uh, like, film reviews and stuff before I, I go and see it. I, I much prefer to, to you do experience about something. TV. To experience something uh, without any kind of preconceptions from somebody who has seen it and, uh, and just take it in uh, on a blank slate, as it were. I put a blindfold on and I plug my ears can I, can, just that, so I don't get you know, affected by my own opinion. That is the uh, <laughs> the worst dog ate my homework excuse <laughs> I have ever heard, Brett. No, but really oh, blah, 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 blah. Let's go to the next segment. <laughs> Hello. Hi. What are you doing? What a wonderful day. Time to get box cutting, everyone. Let's podcast. Hurrah. 
<laughs> I've forgotten who that is. It's, it's Pete Roston. <laughs> right. That's brilliant. David Crane is one of the creators of Friends, and uh, Jeffrey Claric, Claric worked as a writer on a bunch of stuff that you don't care about. Can he work on Mad About You? Yes. Someone might care about that. Uh, and the early true. ones or the late ones where... Oh, probably the late ones. Just, probably the late ones. I, can't, I, I, I find it hard to believe how much I hate her because of how she turned in that show. Together they... Uh, <laughs> together they created the not very good sitcom The Class... Which, uh, if you're unfamiliar with, you might remember from Ross's rants like of how bad episodes. the show was. Yeah. yeah, it didn't last very well. It was uh, back in 2006. And they also worked together to create this show about a couple of British TV producers who, after winning a BAFTA for their fourth season, are approached by a US network to recreate the show in LA. The show is called Episodes. Just a TV writers, I would stress, they're rather than producers, which you just said. Oh, they're writer-producers, aren't they? Well, they're writers. They're writers. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay. And they're a couple. They're a married couple. And they're writers. And they've won a BAFTA for their show called Lyman's Boys, uh, which is about a headmaster and some students. And an American uh, TV network executive comes comes up to them and says, we want to make your show in America. Come over. We'll set you up in the house. Hooray. Hilarity ensues when they begin having to simultaneously... Suck metaphorical cock, and also make heaps of compromises to their artistic integrity just to keep their jobs. Here's the kicker, though. Uh, They wrote the show for the exceptionally talented and rotund Richard Griffiths, who is playing a character named Julian Bullard, even though it's so obviously just meant to be Richard Griffiths, (laughs) because he can't be anyone else. Because he's the fat guy who played the chef in that show that time. And and he just has the one accent. And he has the one way of talking. And he's got the one eye that focuses on anything he's looking at. Yes. And the Americans decide that rather than Richard Griffiths, they would rather have Matt, Matt LeBlanc. LeBlanc. From Friends. Oh, I, I was going to say the guy that played Joey. And the guy that played Joey. Which leads, of course, to, to more... More hilarity. Hilarity with more having hilarity to change. Because he cannot be the high, you know, headmaster. He becomes a, a hockey coach a hockey coach and then uh compromise after compromise after compromise the end we have a clip should we play the clip yeah let's let's play the clip this is uh this is the couple arriving at their house in la welcome home darling Hello, we're the new people moving into... 1675 Bell Vista Drive. Sean and Beverly Lincoln. No. No? Well, we should be there. Were they expecting you? No, no, there's no one expecting us. It's a house we're renting. Well, it's being rented for us. Dave's not the, here. Um, the housekeeper, she might be there. Yeah. One moment. Is this hard? I have... Uh, Sean and Beverly Lincoln. Sean and Beverly Lincoln here. She says they're not home right now. (laughs) Well, of course they're not home. Because they're us. And we're stuck here with you. Ma'am, there's no need to raise your voice. Oh, really? Get in the car. I'll be you and we'll see if that's true. Look, um, 
Wallace, I'm sure once we've moved in, the three of us will have a really good laugh about this. <laughs> but um, right now, we've been travelling for 14, 14 hours. hours, and we'd really love to get into the house. Isn't there any way you could let us do that? Not if you're not on the list. How do I know who you are? Oh, has it not come up? We're Sean and Beverly Lincoln. Really not helping? Really don't care. <laughs> I'm sure we're on the list. May I see it? No one sees the list. No one sees the list? We have very high-caliber celebrities living here. We have to protect their privacy. Oh, for God's sake, Wallace, I appreciate the seriousness with which you do your job. I do, but I just want to find our names. Now, I promise you... I won't reveal any information about your precious gated community or the secret identities of the gated citizens. Now give me the list. Oh, Renée Zellweger lives here. Does she? Yeah. She probably pointed out to the Thames and Grieg, uh, who you would have heard they're playing... Beverly, who is best known for Black, Black Books, Books or The Archers, if you're a fan of BBC Radio 4. And the, Always with you in The Archers. <laughs> and, the, uh, and her husband, of course, is played by that guy that isn't Steve Coogan, but appears in Steve Coogan shows, and I was getting mixed up. Yes, and, uh, and, and also played Adrian Mole, but not the original Adrian Mole, Adrian Mole, the cappuccino years. Oh, okay. He was an episode of Hyperdrive, if that helps anyone. Oh, oh nice. Uh, his, his name is uh, Stephen Mangan. Mangan. Uh, Tenzin Greek, uh, Matt LeBlanc plays Matt LeBlanc, and uh, John Panko, who you might remember as Cousin Ira from Mad About You. No? Not ringing any bells? Cousin <laughs> Ira? Uh, he, he plays uh, Mark, oh, sorry, Merck Lapidus. What's the gist of what the show is? What did you think? I uh, thought the first episode was torture. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have to say, the second and third episodes were better. But the first episode was so bad that it made me wonder why anyone ever bothered to make it if that was the pilot, ever. Like, who who said, yes, that's a good show? And the, the fact that it's uh, co-produced by BBC and Showtime just makes me think that each one thought that the other was going to catch the ball. I, on, on I wondered a little bit with that first one, because it's a seven-episode series, which is a really weird number. I actually kind of wondered if it was episodes two through seven originally, and they felt for some reason it needed more of an explanation of the backstory. Because it starts, it starts first, it's really clunkily. It's not needed, the first episode. No. It's the really weird thing. It doesn't kind of tell you anything you wouldn't have just caught up with from the second. And the... Uh, so the first episode is just horrendous one of the things i don't like about the show let's start with that things it's before we get into that can i can i just ask the question yes that that scene is supposed to be a comedic one from the show correct but from the first episode is it funny no uh, at all I, i've got to say like, really it's very not, english really not helping really don't care i think it's hilarious i think it's brilliantly performed and brilliantly written it's about the only bit in that but, scene, though. That guy, too, is a, it's a bit of a recurring gag with the we can't get into our own house thing, which is not funny at any time. No, no, no. And, that, and, that, you know, that how, clip's how, actually a BBC chosen one, too. That's off the BBC website. But how telegraphed is is that? Show me the book. I'm, uh, clearly, I'm not going to give anything oh, the, away. It's, it's, it's a nice Renee's joke, though. It's a nice yeah, joke. Yeah, but it was, still, nice it was thing, directed you know, by an joke. intern. Like, clearly, the, the first intern. episode... Yes. Intern wasn't enough? No. <laughs> Uh, no, the, the, the first episode is so badly directed and so clunky in every single way. 
But that's not what I don't like about this show. What I don't like about this show is that I I didn't know it was written by Americans. I thought it was written by uh, a couple of English people in 1985 because that's the kind of American-hating genre that this is. It's it's the sort of stuff that John Cleese did very well in the late 80s. So I go the other way. I think it has to be written by Americans. I actually find the show, and it's weird because I, I think it goes from being appalling to actually being hilarious in one scene and back again. And I find there were just moments all the way through I'd be going, yep, that's dreadful. That's really good. Mm. And I, I think... It's interesting because it has to be Americans writing this. It's weird to see it's Americans trying to make an English TV show, which is something I don't think we've ever really seen before. So, like, Americans... And why should we? Trying to do a a very short run, you know, a very specific idea. They're writing for English characters, which is an interesting thing for them to be doing. We've seen Australians try to write American TV shows, and that never works. But it's weird, though, because if you compare this to something like Extras, for example, this is so much tamer than Extras. And even the, the, the things they have to compromise on compared to what Andy Millman has to do with for When the Whistle Blows in, in Extras. Like the, and, and also the, the Matt LeBlanc character, he's playing this sort of version of himself, but it's an incredibly flattering version of himself. It's not like Sir Ian McKellen turning up in Extras being completely mad. You know, it's, it's, mm. it's a, it, they're very soft, cuddly American kind of versions of an English idea of a comedy show. Yeah, Matt LeBlanc is not playing a Ben Stiller version of himself. No, no, no. He's playing a version who not only is, is, is wonderful and clever, he also has an enormous penis, which is a plot line episode three. It, it is actually a plot line. Uh, <sighs> but the weird thing is, though, I actually find that I was so fascinated by this weirdness of this show, going, it is an American attempt to make an English show. Um, Tamsin Greig has a completely... Horrible, horrible character, and she's doing her absolute best, and she's a brilliant actor, and I think very likable. And it's quite interesting to see what she's doing to make the character almost work. And the implication seems to be that her character is actually probably the funny one of the two of them, and the one who actually writes the scripts. You know, it's sort of implied, I think, through her being the one who gets jokes, but they're all very bitter and very cynical and very... I I, yeah. I, think, I actually think Matt LeBlanc is a breath of fresh air in this show because he's the only person who isn't chewing the scenery oh, in every no, single I've, I've line. I've got to say, the two absolute characters, and I must, the reason I would watch this show, uh, I will watch it all the way to the end, just to see Kathleen Rose Perkins, who I, I had not seen her before. She plays Carol Rance, who's, who's the kind of executive they spend most of the time dealing with. Mm-hmm. I think she just has superb comic timing, and I find her absolutely fascinating. She's the one who has to keep sort of telling them what's really going on. And the other one is uh, Daisy Haggard, who um, is actually an English actor who's playing an American character in this. She was in Psychoville as the, um, the, the actress that the, the dwarf was really interested in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, and she's, she's the... Hmm. Yeah, she's the head of comedy in this. And all she ever does is go... Yeah. That's basically mm. in every episode. That's all she and really gets to do. And I found her just yeah, hypnotic. Okay, I think, I think you've, you've hit on something that... Uh, you you like a lot more than than I do, but I think the characters, the characters have something. And another two drafts of of these scripts, the those characters would just come out I, I, shining. I, I but the they've actors, got nothing to work yeah, with. I think the actors are, are doing an incredible job with what they've got, with the one exception of Merck, who I just want him to disappear every time he turns up on screen. Oh, it's terrible. Is a terrible force. cousin cousin Ira. It's the just w- cousin Ira with a beard. It really. is weird too because have you ever seen the movie The TV Set? And have you guys seen the TV yes, Set? Yes, it the is David Duchovny. It's the David Duchovny movie about a guy mm. who's got a, a dream to make this TV show. It's very mm. personal and it gets sold out. It's very very similar to this. And I did find myself thinking if this was a film rather than a TV show, I think actually it would have worked a lot better. And it was interesting that episode one ends at exactly the same moment episode two starts. Like it starts. 
just continuous. Mm. And if you took the six episodes and cut all the stuff out that doesn't work, I think you'd have a really great 90-minute feature, <laughs> you know, at the end of it. And I think it's kind of interesting that the other difference is that in the TV set, it's a thing he really, really cares about. And in this one, their show is fairly clearly a ripoff of the History Boys, to the point where Matt LeBlanc's character actually says that at one yeah. point. And it does make it hard to care about them selling out their show if their show's to rip off of someone else's idea anyway. Yeah, and that's... I just I don't care about them at all. I, I on on the one hand, I just keep thinking, you know what? You've moved to LA to make a TV show. Why not just take their money? And yeah. you've already made the TV show that you want to make. You've done that in England and won a BAFTA. Why don't you just take the money, relax, and enjoy the Mustang you're driving? This is a problem. The worst thing that can happen is that they can just take the money and go back to England, which is what Thames and Griggs' character wants to do anyway. So you're it's, kind of left going, well, just do it's, that. It is a little bit my diamond shoes are too, too tight. tight. I do adore Thames and Griggs, which is the other reason why I probably would watch this all the way through, because I just, as a performer, really enjoy her. And there are moments in this I think are really clever. The bit in episode three where, where Joey explains why the character shouldn't be a lesbian, I think is actually a really clever bit of... Writing, you think he's just being homophobic, and there's a moment where you kind of go, oh, actually, that's a really good reason. And a, that, that is a good point about American TV. Yeah. But you have to get through three episodes for that. <laughs> and, you know, and that's, that's a lot of work. And they're only half-hour episodes. And for a half-hour episode... Really? It, yeah, they are only half-hour episodes. Holy and for, crap. That just, that just makes me realise how much I hated this freaking show. <laughs> Did you not like any of it then? You no, didn't? none of it. None no. of it. Uh, if, there, if there were anything that were verging on a giggle, then they were just washed out by, by my, my hatred for it, just being seethingly angry at it. <laughs> yeah. See, angry seems harsh. Wasting my time. Right. Yep. So you watch it again then, Brett? No. Never. Right. That's a first. I'm burning my coffees. <laughs> That's episodes. I did contact ABC to try to work out if they were going to air it. Uh, I haven't found out from them. So it'll either be on ABC in Australia or on Showtime or on both, uh, if both Showtime and the BBC manage to sell it to ABC and Showtime Australia. Uh, It's called Episodes if you're at all interested. Otherwise, uh, look, there's a monkey. Larry Postman. Have a letter I thought I copied the thing and then I didn't copy the thing. But essentially what happened was Paddy Houlihan wrote into uh, Box Cutters saying that he wants to know if we can recommend a DVD player that would play both PAL and NTSC. DVDs. because. Don't, because don't his, they all do that? Well, here's the I thing. I thought that was the thing. Here's, here's the thing. There are so many things that can go wrong. You can either have uh, your region controls not working out properly. You can have a PAL television that doesn't play NTSC. That's one of the things that your TV needs to be able to play both. Yeah. Often, often that is the problem. What I've found with DVD players is the cheaper the better. Really? The yeah, cheaper, the more likely... Chuck them. The more likely they are to have... To more stuff. Often. Codex. Yeah. That you need. Uh, so the DivX codec, for, for instance, Pioneer uh, only has the full range of DivX codecs on some of their higher end boxes. That's it, right. You had, uh, I had an interesting remember, experience. I had that, that problem. Uh, so, so, you know, th- there is often a big problem I had for a long time was my TV was PAL only. 
PAL and NTSC are two different uh, resolution versions. Of different of, number of lines. Yeah, different number of, of lines of image coming into your television. But this is the thing, I remember this, this came up a long time ago and I think we've already answered it. It Does HD do something different, though? Yes, because it's uh, f- true HD is 1080 by 970. But does that mean um, it's not so it's power always, It's always that number of lines. Yeah, there's yeah. not a So it's a different thing altogether with, yes. with the coming of the HD. Uh, or at least it should be. And, and in fact, SD as well. Uh, because you're talking, I, I think it's it's as it's come to uh, your flat screen LCD and plasma technologies that the whole PAL, uh, NICAM, CCAM, all those those different uh, uh, NTSC, those different formats has become uh, not a, a consideration. Which is, you know, kind of a, a 110 versus 240 volt issue. Right. Uh, it's it's an issue that the world shouldn't need to deal with anymore, and it's it's ridiculous that we still do. But in the meantime, so if Paddy wants his DVD player, if Paddy wants his DVD player, my my recommendation would be to buy the cheapest DVD player possible. If you're paying more than a hundred dollars for a DVD player, you're paying way too much. My last one was an eighty buck one from LG, which yeah, played, yeah, LG, plays LG, and and if it's you so, know, I've also got an LG DVD player, plays DivX. Plays it really nicely. I'm quite happy with it. Some years back too, I, I bought an even cheaper one just just to play DVDs. In both cases, I bought them from possibly from Dick Smith, I think, and they actually gave me the code. They gave me the region breaking code at the checkout. Well, because it, it it's uh, so always all... ask <laughs> if they can give you the region breaking code at the shop where you buy. And if you've got a DVD player at at home and it is locked to region four, which is Australia, mm. uh, you can put in the uh, just put in the uh, model number of the DVD player into Google and you will find a region uh, you will find a, a code to put into the DVD player and it's it's some weird combination of things like the the door to the DVD player needs to be open the train needs to be out you need to press pause then play then back then 1256 cuz they're six. all they're all made multi-region they're like all made every just, DVD player is a multi-region player you they just, just have to get to afterwards. the menu right you just have to get them to the menu that will let you Make them region zero, and that's what that's what you need. So, so for region control, you can always do that with your DVD players. Uh, if you're having a PAL NTSC problem, chances are it's your TV, especially if you've got an old TV. If you've got a brand new TV, you shouldn't be having any problems at all. It might be a switch somewhere, uh, but I think you'd be hard pressed to find a DVD player that doesn't play both. I came across a, a an unexpected issue uh, over our break, uh, where I now have a Blu-ray player uh, in my PS3, ah, and uh, went to play one of my old uh, Region One DVDs, and I said, ah, "Sorry, I'm not going to play this for you." Oh, really? Yeah, spewing. Um, so uh, the the Blu-ray Blu-ray comes in three regions, three zones around the world, rather than uh, the eight different uh, numbered regions around the world for DVD, um, but they still are locked for the DVD regions as, as well. Australia's still in one of the shittiest regions for Blu-ray. Yes. Yeah. There's us in South America. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Hmm. Yeah, we're really Southern Hemisphere. Thanks. Thanks, Blu-ray. Anyway, I hope that answers your, your question, Paddy. I saw actual Chad on the street the other day. Really? Hello, actual Chad. Oh, nice. It's not a letter. I just thought I'd share it. Right. Just... Was if, that uh, was that a, a flashback for you? Did you just flashback and, and take us back to the moment? 
Hello, actual chat. <laughs> I did. I did. That was, and we're back. That was mine. <laughs> if uh, if you've seen any box cutters listeners in the street, please write into let us know. Hooray at boxcutters.net. Or you can, as so many of the young people are doing these days, use the contact form on the website at boxcutters.net. You can always get through to us that way. Or tweet us up or Facebook. You can, us you can tweet us. Tweet can us they, can they leave messages cast. on Skype still? I don't think so. I think I got rid of that phone because no one is using it. You could send us an aerogram. Ooh, aerogram. They had that special light paper. It, was, it weighed less than other papers. It was amazing. They can send it to the SMS, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I believe the SMS still works. 0458 Carter. I believe. If you watch one. I'm just going to send us an SMS and see if it works. works. Yeah, yeah. Fair Uh, enough. Brett, if you were going to watch one thing this week, what would it be? If I was going to watch one thing and I was up to date on my TV watching, it would be uh, the first episode of the new season of Big Love, which is happening on SBS. Uh, It's on Wednesday night at 8.30pm. That's the 2nd of February. What are they up to now? Season-wise? I'm not sure. Okay. But it's it's the latest to appear on SBS. Yes. Not yes. necessarily the... We well, don't know. in the States. Do you I know? Don't, Have I you don't. kept up? I'm, Are you I've, a fan? I've kept up largely. It's, again, more out of duty than, than anything else. The, the two-minute opening titles, I, I think, were, That's, I always saw as a bit of a chore. Again. It's, I think it's a Showtime thing. Yeah. <sighs> They just love the long. Dexter's like that as well. Dexter's like that, uh, and the uh, and and the show that we uh, talked about today, episodes. They have it's a half hour show, forty second opening titles, forty seconds. No for that. No, it's forty seconds of my it's life. I'm not getting back. It's also quite a clever title sequence. The first time you see it, and then you don't really want to ever see it again. No. Apart yeah, to- from Toby, new you're yourself. laughing, but that's that's a uh, hundred and twenty. That's 120 seconds. That's two minutes. Two minutes of my life. All if, up. Over three episodes. I was going to watch one thing. I yes, fly to England and watch episode two of Being Human, series three, which has just, oh. just started a new series. Have they got new, uh, new monsters? Uh, there are some new characters shown up, and it's, it's moved location. So they, they, they have left Bristol, and they're now oh. in Wales, which, you know... It's one of those things you kind of go, yeah, you're just making it in Wales now, aren't you? But they have, they have tied it into the plot, though, which is kind of nice. Yeah. So, yeah, they're now on the Did they have to leave Bristol? They did. They did have to leave Bristol. Um, he's, but, but he's no more spoilers there. No more spoilers. But President of the, the vampire still? Uh, look, spoilers. I can't, if anyone hasn't watched Series 2 yet, I don't want to... I haven't watched spoil. Series 2. This is what yeah. I want to know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, some new characters coming in, some old characters. There's some... Whole friends and new friends to meet. How and did they move the ghost? The she was connected Barry. to the house. There's a whole. It's a plot line. It's oh. a, a thing. It's a whole thing. It's intriguing. So that's what I'd be watching. I've watched the American they, one. If anyone, if anyone yeah, can watch it for me and let me know if it's any good, I, 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 I might. I might do one. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the American uh, remake has just started. What, what they do to move the ghost is they get this big truck and drive it through a plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> And they get the ghost from Bristol to Wales. If I was if I was going to watch one thing th- this week, I would. Oh, y- you know what? There's 
there's nothing. Mm-hmm. It's I I'm so angered by Sunday night's fattest loser that uh, I think local television's just lost it. I missed it. What happened? Fat people some ate couples? some fat food. It's families. Did you uh, point and laugh like it was a Victorian no, freak show? No, I didn't. And no one guessed my weight. Uh, but I, but I will t- I will tell you something fun that I, that I saw that I don't think anyone else likes. Uh, but I did see the first episode of The Cape, which is a uh, US superhero? show about a, a superhero, uh, a guy with a you know magical cape uh, who runs around solving crimes and stuff, and uh, you know essentially pretending he's Batman, but he's not. So better I, than uh, that unusual family thing with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of, I, I liked it. I, you know, I wouldn't necessarily keep up with it, but I think if I was 13, I would just love the crap out of it. I was quite saddened uh, in my search for something to watch this week uh, that The Daily Show is no longer uh, scheduled on ABC2 and it's being replaced by old tawdry Spicks and Specs episodes, um, which I, I just learnt uh, from my fellow box cutter uh, that ABC don't have the rights for it because... Comedy Central. No, Comedy Channel. Comedy Channel are being uh, greedy about not letting anybody else play them. Well, you can kind of see the fact that it's a thing that people want to watch. I guess Comedy Channel wants to have some subscribers. But on the other hand, who subscribes to the Comedy Channel? <laughs> Who's well, got it I, to, to I did, watch it? So I did for a long time because uh, Daily Show was on it. Well, and there you go. Oh, that's not was, basic cable. No, it's not. <sighs> it's not. It's it's part of the extra scandal, and so and I was actually about to cancel my uh, my Comedy Channel part of uh, uh, of my Foxtel subscription because I could see the Daily Show on ABC Two if I wanted to. So, so sadly, you know, it's worked. And Colbert, so, Colbert's so good, gone as well. Good move, good move, Comedy Channel. I think you know you've 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 done the right thing by your shareholders or whatever it is that you answer to. Yeah, what, I hope you're happy. Whatever, whatever demon you answer to. Hey. <laughs> um... When I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Now with trotters. Mm. Toby Halligan, welcome to the box cutters microphone. Hey and you uh, folks, happy um, new year. Happy, happy new year. Happy, happy new year. New year. Just, uh, you know, tip for young players. We get here at 6.30, start at 7. Just uh, <laughs> let you know. Some of us had to prepare material for the show, Josh. Ah. Oh, oh. You should think about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will. I will think about how I did that for myself. Now it feels like we're back from the break. <laughs> this, this isn't a solo effort, Josh. Uh, I think you'll look around the room and notice there's, there's more than just you in this room. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, but only one of us doing the work. Anyway, Halligan, what do you got? Um, by the way, uh, you... I don't know what this turned into. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you for derailing Trotter's cheers for the, the one bit of time I get on air after the odd... Oh, God, it feels like weeks you've spent. Um, in response to your complaint about having to watch the opening segments and having to watch a whole two minutes in the last week or so, the word I believe you're looking for is mute. Um, there have been five seasons of Big Love in hey, total. If I mute it, I Excuse still have to go through me. it. I no, still you have don't. to go through it. Go, take a leak. Do the washing up. Be a grown-up. <laughs> it's not long enough for that. Okay. 
The Daily Show and Colbert Report are both available on their respective websites. An interesting quote from Richard Griffiths in 2005 was Can we still see them here, though? Because they were were blocked for Australia for a while. Um, No, 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 no. uh, Because you you can't watch the full episodes, but you can watch every video in an episode in sequence. So if you click on a full episode, it seems like you can't watch it, but you need to go to the individual videos. And it's actually relatively easy to go through. Like, that's how I've always watched them. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never watched them on Comedy Central or ABC, and I watch... I keep up with both. Having been saddened by the departure from ABC2, though, they were cutting out a lot of stuff. Uh, they, they were they were quite clunkily. They were very randomly edited, edited weren't they? Yeah, they were very, the, yeah. yeah the, the Daily Show has a, an international version that that may have been sending through. I don't know. No, no, because they, sh- they show that one on the Mondays. Well, they that's a week. That that's a weekly. Yeah, and in fact, I think they're trying to cut the ad break bits in a way that was meant to make it look seamless, but was horribly seamful. And yeah. like, uh, uh, let's keep talking. We'll be back, we'll be back after the break, I and mean, then the interview be. just yeah. went. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. The, the website also has the extended interviews, yep. which are often some of the best mm-hmm. some of the best stuff. Yes, but you do have to go to their website. Yeah, you definitely do. Um, uh, in other news, uh, Richard Griffiths, quite a touching quote. In 2005, he, he said in an interview with the Daily Mirror, I've always hated the way I look, which was just one of those, ah, oh, moments. Although he has been a very successful actor, so do you really care? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Pack to the rafters. The Wikipedia page, after three seasons and 66 episodes, the plot summary has a total of 104 words. <laughs> Which, look, I think, you know, uh, props to Wikipedia for, for all the effort they put into editing, but I think that demonstrates, you know, they could, they could get it a little leaner, really, couldn't they, clearly. Um, uh, uh, we were talking about heroin ads on MTV. <laughs> Here's an example of an ad from 1912 that could easily be rejigged. Is your child coughing? Are they teething? Are they crying too much? Try Mrs. Winslow's Soothing Syrup, a pharmaceutical brand from Bayer. Heroin. <laughs> that's, quite, that's quite serious. Bayer it's Pharmaceutical actually owns, well, they originally trademarked heroin, and Mrs. Winslow's Soothing Syrup is an actual brand from wow. the early 20s. That, that reminds me of, uh, it, it wasn't enough of an ad to do an I don't buy it for, but... Uh, I think one of the nicotine patches that are uh, on sale uh, have an ad at the moment for not patches to help you quit, but patches to help you cut down on smoking. And in the ad, mention therapeutic nicotine. Mm. Mm. Filling your body with therapeutic nicotine. Yeah, that's a little... I actually have a friend who has never smoked but wears like 16, the equivalent of 16 nicotine patches, like strength 16, mm-hmm. uh, for concentration. He thinks it helps him concentrate. Oh, well, it does because it's a stimulant. Mm. I, I was listening to uh, one of the uh, co-producers, writers and, and co-producers of uh, Lost, uh, talking about how he gave up smoking and became addicted to uh, nicotine chewing gum. Mm. That, Which is foul. Which totally is, foul. It, 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 bad tasting. The inhalers are foul too. But they make you, like the coughing is, because you don't have, like I, I used a nicotine inhaler for a week and it, it makes you, like it makes cigarettes taste great. Like it's foul because <laughs> it's just, it is it, just the coughing. Imagine if you distilled the coughing part of cigarettes and the, the thing that makes, like, it's just like. <coughs> well, that's the best part though. But. It is disgusting. Um, it, it also looks like a terrible affectation. It, <laughs> it looks like it looks like you're trying to be 
uh, it looks like Hunter a tampon. Yeah, it's not very it's nice. It's a tampon. That's what it looks like. Um, we were discussing how ugly the people in the UK are. Interestingly, <laughs> interestingly, a survey... Just the young of, people I was stressing. Just the young people. Well, there were some older uh, people I find quite attractive. In a survey of 5,000 jet-sitting Brits, they actually rated Americans as the most attractive, which is a little scary given they recently found that attractive people are more intelligent. Apparently, attractive people, on average, in a particular survey done, had like 14 more IQ points than the ugly people in the survey, which begs the question, why is America so completely fucked? You know, really, um, if you're wondering, Australia ranked fourth in the survey, England seventh, Scotland 19th, which really explains the negative reaction of the British press to Andy Murray. I think that was actually Scotland, nine teeth yeah. to share between them. The... Uh, uh, Andy Murray, just 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 a, li- a little bit on Andy Murray because I, I watched some of Andy Murray's loss last night. That's what I'm calling the Australian Open from now on. Yeah. Is oh, who's winning this year's Andy Murray's loss? Mm. Uh, Bruce McAvaney seems to have been replaced with the Brucetron 3000. I find it fascinating that the Brucetron 3000 they will try and when they do those terrible terrible ads, and I don't know if it's his contract. When they go, um, winners and losers, a terrible show coming on Channel Seven, and he was just go. And there'll certainly be some winners and some losers here tonight. And he, every ad, he has to find some way to obviously turn some, it into a segue. Some segue. Yeah. That's that's, that's what he does. And, some of them are horribly, horribly convoluted. Yeah. I just, I just like to say at this point during this very boring match, how wonderful the camera work has been on Channel Seven. Like he just, <laughs> he just goes through stuff, stuff like that, and he barely even comments on the actual you game You wonder whether anymore. he's got like a list though. If here's all the people I need to make happy with this for me to keep getting to do this because you're yeah. like why, why is Bruce there you know because like I love Bruce but look he, he was a great sports journalist at, at his time uh, you know just probably the, the best TV sports journalist around he loves sport ridiculously more than one man should like he he loves sport more than I love TV that's really saying something uh, so he's clearly got a job that he loves doing but uh, I wish they would give him something substantial to do rather mm. than just special comments. Who's now. the American dude? Jim, uh, Jim Courier. Jim, Jim Courier. He always says that thing about going, you know, oh, this guy will be going out of his head. His head will be exploding. It's the most ultimate thing. You want to go, it's a game of tennis, Jim. Well, it's tennis. It's interesting, though, because. It's Co- a girly sport apart from anything else. Because yeah. Courier usually has the McAvaney job, the job that McAvaney used to have with the AFL. You know, the feeling descriptive? Yes. Oh, you know, oh, and he's passed the ball and he's following the ball and he's kicked the ball and they've kicked it to them and they've kicked it again. Oh, and they've missed. You know, like he, like he would describe every single point and other people would throw stuff. In and Curry is quite smooth. I find he's relatively uh, smooth. Lot, he lots, does get lots of complaints about Jim Courier's inane goings on. He does get uh, three cliches into one sentence, which is quite astonishing. Yeah, that's a bit of a you know. But all lots, the tennis lots of people at home saying, "Just shut the fuck up, Jim Courier." <laughs> yeah. Like it goes for three hours. Like there's only mm. so many interesting things you can say about. You don't two have people to be talking the all the time, though. It's yeah, but it's, mm. it's like every every tennis match is like election night. Like, at some point, you just run out of things to say. Mm. Yes, he's hit the ball, and the other guy's hit it back. Mm-hmm. And then he's had always put some spin on that one. Ooh, that, ooh, did you see how that spun? I wonder what sort of 
Thing he Certainly did. at the end of this game, I think uh, someone's, someone's going to be a winner and someone's going to be a loser. Winners and losers <laughs> on Channel 7 this um, summer. Just to round out Trotters so it doesn't last uh, forever. Um, uh, uh, Hugo Chavez um, is the, the head of Venezuela. Uh, Venezuela, it, it is easy to mix up Venezuela and Vuvuzela. Um, <laughs> one is uh, an idiosyncratic, grating uh, and annoying and uh, tends to disrupt international events. And the other is led by Hugo Chavez, who incidentally, hey, who's the comedian? Um, Chavez uh, uh, is the man who was also shut down by the King of Spain at an international conference several years ago, nationalised Venezuela's oil supply in 2007, has his own television show that uh, went through a four-day marathon in 2009, and um, we were talking about a satire or kind of a show that portrays Hugo being shut down. We should tweet this as well, but there is actually a comedy show, uh, a cartoon about um, uh, South American politicians that's a parody of Lost. Um, oh. That's called, I can't believe, where's the name of it? Um, Presidential Island. It's called Presidential <gasps> Island. So it looks actually really good. So we should tweet that because it looks like um, a lot of fun and it's, it's taking the piss out of Hugo and his friends. Um, Tatooine is not run by the Water Warlords. It's not run <laughs> no, by the Water Warlords. I didn't water say Water Warlords. Warlords. I yes, said Water Farmers. Farmers. No, well, the Water Farmers Union. Tatooine has 1% surface water. There are two suns, three moons, and a population of 200,000. It's brutally hot, has a decentralised population and a lack of resources, which makes governance a severe problem. It's run by the huts. By the huts, man. The huts. Oh. Like, like, like Jabba. Jabba the, Jabba the hut. It's run. Of course it is. Of, oh, of course it is. Yes. I, I now don't it's, remember it's seeing more than one hut in, in one place at one time. Well, well, I think the huts are a collection of gangsters. Tattooing's a big place. It's a big it place. It certainly is. It's a and they're, they're more place. moisture farmers rather than and, water farmers. And you, you know what? If, if you owe money to the huts, mm. they will put you in carbonite. Sure. Don't even pretend or that's just a threat. Or a collar and chang. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, finally, we were talking about, is the interim Tunisian government run by warlords? Well, of course it isn't, Brett. Um, no, no, actually, I, I, said, I said tribal chiefs. Of course. Uh, uh, War, warring tribal chiefs, I think, was... Uh, I think, I think the, the replacement government's like actually run by um, the Tunisian volleyball team, who happened to just be walking by uh, at the point of the coup. I say that because the minister... Uh, who's the Secretary of State, Youth Affairs and Sport, is a dissident blogger called Slim Amaum, who was in prison before being invited to be part of the government. And is in, a, in his own words, I was really surprised to be invited to be part of the government. I only had a few minutes to decide. So um, I think it's actually made up of a bunch of different o- um, opposition leaders. Uh, there aren't really warlords. I'm, well, clearly I'm, that I'm, was I'm just the same. Just tweet, dear Lazy Web, should I join the government? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, that was just Nelson Mandela, a writ, uh, Tunisian would make an excellent reality what? TV show. Well, I mean, clearly it sounds like he would have been a political prisoner uh, under the despot who's walked away with half uh, a ton and a half. Nelson of Mandela it. wasn't a blog though. Nelson Mandela like led no, no, but he was he was imprisoned and then and so what you're saying for twenty six years. So what you're saying is Tunisia now Tunisia now is being run by. Some some kind of stunt casting led Big Brother. Yeah, I think Tunisia right now is an experiment, <laughs> an experiment involving people heavily involved in the internet. I think maybe the internet's been so important in the revolution itself. They're giving people who are internet types a job. 
There's a lot going on. Uh, South Sudan is a, a brand new country that wasn't around when we last broadcast, when we last spoke. For uh, for all those people who have written in saying, when's Box Cutters coming back? When's Box Cutters coming back? We hope we've filled you with the making light of other people's misfortune that you've really wanted all this time. Now they're right in saying, when's Box Cutters going away again? When's it going away again? Remember, and- remember how nice it was just to remember what Box Cutters <laughs> may have been like? Yeah. And that's Trotters. Oh, well, thank you, Toby Halligan. Thank we've you. Got to get a se- we've, we do need to get a segment intro. We, no, we, we do because I can't just sing it every week. And I'm, I'm, I look, Brett. I love the Oin King. I love it, but a little disturbing. A little disturbing. <laughs> From previous uh, uh, yep. Trotter's uh, intros, um, we we kind of missed pork though, uh, and we didn't touch on the floods coverage. Of, uh, what, what do you mean we missed? We missed pork. That's. That's the well, best is, part of pork. Is pork not there anymore? That's just the best part of pork now. Uh, we didn't touch on the uh, the floods coverage. So uh, much more floods coverage than there was uh, fire coverage. I think uh, because they could easily boat a journalist onto a uh, house rooftop and then uh, gracefully swish by, keeping keeping the reporter giving his piece to camera uh, in shot. Uh, t- to be fair, a lot more of Australia was uh, uh, was devastated by floods than. Uh, they don't need the to be bus. standing on the fucking rooftop of, of a, a house that's up to its eaves in water. It's stunt journalism, basically. Are you saying the floods weren't important, Brett? No, no, I'm or saying, I'm saying the, the idiot journalists don't have to do that. To be fair, the, the, like, for the fires, journalists were pretending to have been affected by the fires, like they were smearing ash on themselves and like, like oh. doing fake rolls in the dirt. Were they? Yeah, what, yeah there were a bunch one? of stories about TV journalists who were doing like various little stunt things to make them look like they've been near the fire. When, no names, Toby Helligan. No, or, don't. No, no, I'm not. Don't. I, I have a legal background. <laughs> um, uh, I'm really not going to. I didn't hear about it I think that's the problem with 150 metre radiant heat too. I think that is the big thing. And, and It is a lot harder to get close to a fire <laughs> than it is to a flood. Take a picture. When there's a serious risk, you will be killed while in the shot. It was a bit, you know, that, that kind of journalism was a, a, doing to camera pieces was a little bit like uh, Sean Penn being out in his boat with his film crew making a doco about him saving people in Katrina, in uh, New Orleans after Katrina. You know Sean Penn lives in Haiti now? No, <laughs> really, because, because, because there's a lot more disaster there. Yeah, yeah he's, he's pretty much set up camp in Haiti. <laughs> cool. it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, but if you want to write him a letter, just Sean Penn care of Haiti. That's easy. Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's that's pretty easy. I really, I think you, I think you're missing the mark entirely. Also, this, there was there was no on this. I think I think the flood coverage was entirely acceptable. There was and, too much of it, it as well. You couldn't escape it. Um, it's it's the worst natural Abyss, disaster Abyss by Abyss far in history. Seventy five percent of Queensland's a natural disaster zone. It's, I, that's I, a big call, Toby Halligan. No, no, it's uh, 75%. That is a 75% was underwater, I'm good with Brett. facts. Like, as in, it is 75%. Like, that, that's the figure you'll... F- feel free to research it. Like, that's what I do when I it use was, facts. It was a 100-year flood. It was a really big deal, Brett. <laughs> It, it was... I'm a lawyer. Like, I'm careful with this shit. Well, it uh, was a really big deal. I, I just, I, I just mm. think you're, you're under. Like it's going to be like minimum five billion dollars to redo like infrastructure. That doesn't include houses. Like billions of dollars of houses. Like uh, people have sustained billions of dollars of damage that won't be covered by insurance. Like the suffering's enormous. How many and, deaths? 
Um, it was twenty two, I think, in the end. I actually don't know was, what figure it reached. It, it was it, it was in the it, it was around that though. It was around the yeah. the twenties. Um, it was a bit kind of the, weird because everybody knew but, it was but coming. You don't, and, and but you don't just, measure a, like you can't just measure a disaster on deaths because no, the, at no. the same time that the floods but were going I, on I, in Australia, there was a massive flood and landslide in Brazil oh, yeah. that killed hundreds of people in minutes. That was basically ignored. Yeah. Uh, that was ignored by a lot of the world's yeah, uh, yeah, of the world's yeah, media. Yeah. I just but find that that black and white it was the greatest uh, natural disaster ever. Uh, an interesting call. It was like objectively, I think based on pure damage. There are so many based, variables. Based on percentages of Queensland underwater. Yeah, like definitely. Queensland. But it's also the nature of like a flood, because <laughs> a flood like a flood comes in and it, everyone's like entire suburbs are ruined. You know, whereas fires, like the reality is the Victorian bushfires are really bad. A few towns were hit really badly where like most people in communities died, but it's not like suburb after suburb after suburb of houses that need to be demolished. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a bit easy to say, to say that was too much TV coverage. Yeah. I, think, I think it was you actually ap- appropriate. I mean, they still had ad breaks yeah. during, during a lot of it. It wasn't like uh, during the wars where they have non-ad, just coverage, wall-to-wall yeah. coverage. Uh, they they were doing a number of different things, and there was a, a lot of uh, community service yep. stuff going on there. I didn't actually honest. catch a lot of the TV coverage of it. I was, I was, <laughs> oh, no, 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 but well, can I just but, but I'm because not because because every time I would turn it on, it would be more floods. But it was more about ABC Radio. You couldn't go to Radio National. You couldn't but go now to ABC you're talking Local. about radio. You've just changed from, well, be, from TV to radio. No, sure. I, was, I was talking in general, and, and that was influenced by every time I turn on the TV, there would be more flood stuff. Um, yeah, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> I'm just going to leave. Anyway, that's, that's anyway. been what's Brett smoking this week. Uh, just, uh, which, which brings us to the topic of Nellie Thomas who is not going to be coming back to uh, to box cutters this year. She's decided to... Not ever again. She's not even coming back for a... No. See you later. No. Oh. No. Oh. It's because of comments like that, Brett Cropley. What's not about Nelly? It's because of comments like that. I love Nelly. I don't know. Uh, no, she's, uh, she's going to be studying this year and, uh, and uh, can't take the time. So uh, she's, uh, she's not going to be joining us. Mm. Uh, but it was great to have her for, for last year. Who's going to be sitting in the John Richards chair next week? We don't know. Hooray. Send in your nominations on the back of a postcard to hooray at boxcutters.net or get in touch with us via the contact us form or Twitter or anything like that. Maybe you want Joe Stanley to join Boxcutters uh, and she can be the kiss of death of this show too. <laughs> uh, did Yana, you see? Yana Vent's probably not doing much. Oh, yeah, Yana Vent's probably available. Yeah. Because uh, Channel 31 was all she had left on telly, wasn't it? She'd done the yeah. Rest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who else? Who else is not doing very much? Bert Newton, I don't think, has, uh, has much on. Neither is Matthew, Matthew Newton. Newton. Uh, uh, yeah, so, you know, there's lots of people who could, uh, who could sit in the John Richards chair every second week. Tony Martin. Sure, Tony Martin would be great. Uh, he should sit somewhere weekly and, and do what we do. Andrew Denton, was, I, I'm sure he will, but I'm sure he'll find a way <laughs> to sit somewhere and talk about television for an hour or so yes. every, every week. Yes. Uh, maybe with Ed Cavalier. Mm-hmm. Maybe just uh, just just guessing. Uh, I thought maybe Judith Lucy, uh, but you know she's busy with her own show as well. That tends to happen. Oh, her so, own TV show. Yeah. What's she doing? 
Tony Martin directed it. We talked about it when Tony was on the show. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. That brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 254. Did you really miss us? Did you really miss us that much? Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards. Toby Halligan. I continue to be Brent Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. <laughs> Box Cutters is produced by Toby Halligan and Josh Canal, with help from Brett Cropley, John Richards and Nellie Thomas. Our audio engineer slash magician is Brett Cropley. Peter Wilson commands our servers to do his bidding. Box Cutters thanks 3RRR, whose studios we use to record this show pretty much each and every week. Listen to the greatest radio station in the world on 102.7 FM if you're in the area or else on the web at rrr.org.au. If you enjoyed this episode of Box Cutters, then go to the iTunes Music Store or Facebook or Twitter or something and write a review. Spread the word and help other people find this show so that they can enjoy it too. If you're looking for us on Twitter, we're at Box Cutters Cast and our Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash boxcutters. Email us at hooray at boxcutters.net or through the contact us link on the blog, which you'll find at boxcutters.net. You can also send us an SMS on 0458 288 837. That's 0458 Cutter. Hey, you know how we don't have quizzes anymore. We don't have done the quiz for ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we had one, my, my quiz question this week would be, how many times did the word Tatooine appear in this week's box cutters? Oh. Because I was keeping a record as we went. R- right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, oh, let's, let's do that. Let's throw that in. I've got some, uh, some spare crumpler stuff in, <laughs> in the cupboard. How many times did the word Tatooine appear in this week's episode? That, that is the quiz question. Next week there will be an answer. Including s- in the question. Including, the, the, including the, the, yeah, the couple of times you, Bruce mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Do, do send your answers in uh, to hooray at boxcutters.net. Or don't, send, don't send your tattoos in. Or via the uh, – so what you meant to say is don't take a photo and send your tattoo in. You meant, oh, you meant to say that because no, then that's yeah. confusing. Did I, I say it? Did I not say <laughs> it? I know, I know, don't mix right? up box cutters with Zoo Weekly. You know. That's yeah, don't do that. Hooray at boxcutters.net or via the uh, contact us form on the blog. Uh, let us know how many times did that word get said in this episode. Hey, I just got an entry from this guy. Hi, this is Pete Smith. <laughs> You've been listening to or have just missed box cutters. <laughs>